1: Hey everyone, it's MSNBC's Tremaine Lee, host of Into America, a podcast about being black in America. With the midterm elections quickly approaching, I'm excited to share a special Into America series called The Power of the Black Vote, which takes us onto the campuses of some of America's most prominent historically black colleges and universities, I speak with students, community leaders, and government officials to understand the issues that matter to them and how Black people are harnessing the power of democracy to shape America's future on the ballot this November. Stay right here to listen to a preview of the first episode of the five-part series, Into America, The Power of the Black Vote, and follow Into America to hear the entire series. We kick things off at Texas Southern University with a look at the battle over how race and history are taught in schools. Welcome to Into America, the Power of the Black Vote Tour. The lessons we learn in classrooms just like the one we're in shapes how we see ourselves and how we see America and, in so many ways, how America sees us. Here to help us unpack what's at stake, please welcome Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the groundbreaking 1619 Project, NBC News senior investigative reporter Mike Hickson Ball, esteemed educator and school founder from San Antonio, Akeem Brown, And last, but certainly not least, let's give it up for one of your own, TSU Student Government Association President Dexter Merrill. (laughs) So let's just jump right in, Nicole. Why is it so dangerous to tell the truth in America? Why is it so important to keep American history shrouded in this kind of mythology?
2: That's a great question. That's a two-hour lecture, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, what we kind of typically think about as history is really memory. So it's kind of how do we as a society collectively think about ourselves? Uh, how do we think about our history? And that history tends to be very managed and manipulated to justify existing hierarchies, to justify power, right? So. We all know that we, we are raised with the narrative of American exceptionalism, that we are the greatest and freest society in the history of the world. So how does one hold that in your hand and the fact that we were founded on settler colonialism, genocide, and slavery at the same time? So what we do is we marginalize those stories as, yes, it happened, but it's insignificant. Um, so if we look historically, what we're seeing right now is not new. These battles over... Uh, how we teach history, uh, what stories we center, what is our collective understanding of our national narrative have been ongoing. And you see them really start to uh, gain traction at times of kind of social discord, that uh, it is in moments that we're seeing with great polarization that conservatives, and it doesn't matter which political party you're affiliated with, but typically conservatives really start to stoke these fights about culture and how we think about ourselves as America, particularly if, if there is a challenge to this idea of American greatness and exceptionalism.
1: You know, beyond simple ignorance, right, what's at stake here? Why does it matter, certainly to, to black Americans, but also white folks who are consuming some of this same mythology?
2: Right. What matters is we have all been taught the history of a country that does not exist. So uh, the history of the country we've been taught doesn't explain January 6th. It doesn't explain why we have legislatures all over the country that are trying to make it more difficult to vote, while you have one political party that's now saying, well, if democracy um, is not majority white, we may not actually believe in democracy anymore. So we've been taught the history of a mythological country uh, that leaves us really ill-prepared to deal with the challenges of our society. When you get a more real and accurate history, then you know how to meet the challenges that we're facing. But we've all been taught this history very poorly. And because we've been taught this history so poorly, it's impossible for us to understand exactly what is happening in our in our nation right now.
1: So clearly there is an attack on the truth. But I wonder how many in this room feel that this assault on CRT in 1619 puts your own sense of self and your life in danger. Does it feel like it's an attack on black folks as a people, not just the truth? Raise your hand if you have some thoughts.
2: Um, I definitely feel like Well, yeah, people are definitely being attacked because of these laws. Or Whenever we are learning about the injustices that we've experienced, they're kind of just like swept under the rug because they don't focus on that. Growing up as like a black kid in a predominantly white area, I just felt constantly like invalidated with everything that I did or said. Just not as important, just in general. And I feel like it's kind of like molding like a new group of people to maintain that like superiority over us. And make us feel like our history and our stories aren't as important. And we need that, like, we need to be seen in order to feel important. So that's how I feel about it.
1: Thank you. I have to ask, how many of you went to a school where you felt your identity was affirmed? Just about a quarter of the students in the audience raised their hands. Wow. I wonder what that actually looks like in practice. Like, when you were going through that education experience and you felt affirmed, what did that look like in your experiences? My elementary school was very affirming because one key example I can think about is when Barack Obama became president. As a first black president, all of my black teachers made it very known that a black man was becoming president. We were very, like affirming the fact that I had black teachers, black women teachers. Um, Our Black History program was a highlight of our year, you know, from music to dance. And it was also very just, you know, affirming as your identity, seeing that you're surrounded by so many black kids and you guys are all happy and enjoying what your culture is at the time. Um, And and that really does come from having uh, teachers who directly love you and, as well as want to share and explore your experiences. And then as you know, time progresses and you move on, it's always nice to have a great foundation. And that happens in early age, in early stages of kindergarten and preschool and, and first grade and second grade. And then you go into the real world. But it's really in the elementary level that really sets that foundation from your early black teachers who really show you that love that you really need going into this troublesome world. That's beautiful. I saw some other hands up. This brother right back here with the beard. Another beautiful, beautiful bearded brother.
2: Beard gang.
1: <laughs> My first affirming school experience really didn't start till like I got into higher education. I came to an HBCU and I felt more at home in a school environment than I ever have prior. And I have a stronger Native American heritage than most of my other classmates, but I was able to really connect with uh, other African-Americans and Mexican-American students also because we had so much in common. I was more affirming in an upper education than when I was in secondary school and elementary school because I was the minority of the minority, okay? If we talked about anything African-American, you can best believe we talked less about what was Native American. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned feeling affirmed once you got to an HBCU. Uh, NBC News Generation Lab surveyed 275 HBCU students in August. One of the questions was, what factors influenced your decision to attend an HBCU? 45% said they wanted to attend a school with other people who looked just like them. Is that part of the beauty of being at an HBCU, that you can turn to your brothers and your sisters and everybody is kind of together? Do you feel like that? (laughs) My <laughs> man threw his fists up like, yes, sir, this is it. Thanks for listening to this special preview. Search for Into America wherever you're listening right now to listen to the full episode. And follow Into America to hear the entire five-part series.